By watching or listening to this show, you are acknowledging that you are of legal age to purchase and consume cannabis in your region. This production is for adults only. Have you seen the slash? Made by users for users. Engineered for flavor. One of the coolest features around. A built-in loading tool. Learn more at www.stonesmiths.ca. of Cannabis, a joint venture between the Green Generation Co. and the Cannabis 101 podcast, bringing you the latest bud, biz, buzz. Another edition of the Business of Cannabis with Malcolm LaBelle of the Green Generation Co. Check, check out online at greengencompany.com. Calm. And Melka, it is uh, great to see you. It seems like forever since we were uh, last chatted. So it's great to see you and chat with you again. I know, Dean. I was worried about you. I'm glad to see you're back to your mostly self and almost better. And I'm glad to hear your voice again. That's for sure. I was definitely some scary times there. So I'm glad to see you're better. Yes, it was. Uh, it's, you know, I, hospitals are not uh, the, the most fun place at the best of time, especially during a pandemic where they have to ensure that those frontline workers are protected. So um, I, my advice for anybody is do not go to the emergency room unless it is a actual emergency because there, there are so many things and so many protocols that they have to work with any extra small things that can be handled, uh, away from the emergency room, please do that. So a lot more respect certainly, and, and getting to see what they have to deal with, but I am, as you mentioned, feeling better and looking forward to talking to you about the latest Bud Biz Buzz. And let's start with our uh, lead topic today. And you're going to tell us why brands shouldn't build tribes. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because you we were just talking about uh, Shabazz here a second ago. Um, so our homie Shabazz from um, Dutchie, a uh, good friend uh, through the industry of mine. You know, I love it. He's on uh, LinkedIn all the time. and He's always calling out to the other influencers and experts in the, in the space wanting to know our thoughts. So he had done a podcast with a group in the U.S. Um, about whatever he's, you know, working on. And he was talking about, you know, the awareness, the fact that there wasn't a lot of awareness of Canadian brands in the cannabis space um, in the U.S. Or, or anywhere. And, and you know, he was saying things like, you know, brands need to build tribes. And, and this was a, a piece of contention for me. And he, he had called me out in the post to, to comment on his on his on his topic. So I listened to the podcast. It was a great it was a great interview, actually. Really cool. Um, but what he was talking about was not something that I agree with. And here is why. <laughs> um, so um, I'm going to talk about what is a brand for a second. And you see on your screen there a beautiful colored bubble of, uh, and those are the actual colors of, of, those, mm -hmm. of those brands. And the size of them are relative to their market, uh, market uh, cap, I believe is what the rel relative sizing is. So a brand is an inanimate thing, okay? 
it is manufactured by a corporation for the purpose of making a profit. That is by definition what a brand is and does. Um, building a tribe, however, is a human behavior. Uh, it is an innately human behavior um, that no other, um, you know, people, other, uh, you know, apes do it and other groups that live in community settings um, get together as community. But the tribe aspect is innately human. Um, but and, and groups of people coming together to make a, a tribe often have emblems of their uh, tribe, like a flag or a coat of arms that might be on a battle shield. Um, so that's an example of a brand as it relates to humans coming together to form a tribe, a national flag, like a, a flag of a country or a flag of a state or a province. Those are examples of um, brands for tribes. Um, a brand is also a cattle brand by definition. So that's a searing the flesh of an animal, which symbolizes its ownership um, over a valuable commodity. So that's how, you know, cattle kind of all looks the same. And, you know, people that own cattle would cattle brand them uh, so that they knew that they were their herd and that they were owned by that cattle rancher. So somewhere along the way, brands are now trending to being needing tribes around them. And this is like a cool thing. And I happen to think it's actually a really, really stupid thing. And it's because it's like really bad to a biblical sense. And what I mean by that is a lot alongside of being a tribe, there's the concept of tribalism. Now, if you're familiar with, you know, tribalism and tribal warfare, it's kind of a thing of not, you know, people fighting against each other. There's a reason why tribes would go to war and it's very divisive. It's usually over um, protecting the common interests, but against another group. So protecting resources like land, like like uh, rights for grazing or rights for cattle examples. But the pushback here is that a brand, um, the pushback is a consumer wanting more data and uh, on the package and terpene information and harvest states, like how I'm bringing this back to the cannabis industry for the point here, as a fact check, this is from John Fowler, by the way, on your last show, he is a genius and I really need to connect with him because he's been respecting the plant as long as the current industry can really attach to, but his concepts were really predate him. And I love that he was bringing that forward. What he was saying is that the, the brand is the strain, like there is no other brand. And the fact that companies are coming together to say, you have to build a, a, a tribe around this so us, so we can have recognition as a brand and the brand they're talking to is a company for corporate profit is the part that hurts me here. And why is the brand is there the brand is there to serve the needs of the, the customer. The, the brand is emblematic of the repeatability for consistency and trust is really what it is. A brand in the business sense is trying to build trust with the consumer. And this comes to the, these little colored bubbles here because as I have mentioned uh, over and over and over again in a lot of my content is that the consumer um, good package, good world has taken this concept of brands and building a love of a brand and putting it on a package with some color and making that brand stand for something is a, essentially a, a, a false idol. Um, and why is that? Well, it took Coca-Cola, let's use Coca-Cola as an example. It took Coca-Cola 250 years from when it was first invented as a brown fuzzy liquid and telling people that that was a good thing that they should drink and enjoy 
and that we now know that they were really lying to us the whole time at the expense of the consumer's health, causing obesity epidemic. I'm going to say that Coca-Cola is responsible. And they've had to hide that fact for a long time by coming up with Coke without calories and putting fake sugar in it. And that hasn't been good either And Coke Zero. So they've had to spend a lot of money to prove or try and prove that their product is, is consistent, is repeatable, and that it's good for you when really it was addictive and very harmful. And that's essentially the, the innate purpose of the, that's against the concept of tribes. Tribes come around people that are trying to build something of common value and, you know, because they're trust, they're, they're trusted individuals. You build tribes with people that you know, like, and trust, kind of like how you may have built a tribe or the, the way that you trust your former dealer on the corner or whoever you got your weed from prior to legalization. Um, that trust part is the part that the cannabis industry has not created in Canada yet. Um, they have not delivered a consistent product that people are always going back for. I'm not saying categorically, I'm just saying as a, as a concept, like we've talked about some brands that we really like and that we recognize. And John Fowler pointed out that people are coming in asking for his brand that he created. And that was a point of pride for him. They called out the Seven Acres brand as mm -hmm. because they liked it, they trusted it. it was a quality that they enjoyed, but you can't manufacture that. That is a, it's like a service thing it's a trust thing and if people consistently get let down by something that they're supposed to trust um it's really it's really fake it's a false idol and 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 that is not what we want to create in the cannabis industry we want to trust the product we don't want to have to have fact checking on the label we want to have the knowledge that the strains that we're being delivered or be, that we're using or the products that we're using are good for us and the way that the industry has been designed, um, it's it's kind of a good thing in the sense that you really have to force people to trust what's good by hearing it from other people and by recommending it to other people that have tried it and said, yeah, that's a good product. That's a good strain. I like that one. I like how I, how I enjoy it and it's consistent. But the way that marketing works, that's a falsehood. That's a, They're trying to buy you know, buy your trust and they can't do that in the cannabis industry. And that's the, in Canada anyways, but it's still uh, out there with other things. So that's what I mean is that the concept of, and I use the golden calf example from the, from, you know, the, the, the biblical times. And I, I found this really funny cartoon where, you know, Trump is an example of a false God, like literally not, not figuratively, like fully literally, um, you know, building towers with his name on it. He created a brand that was entirely fake and it, it crumbled, obviously, and that was not a good thing. Um, but I'm just saying is that don't don't be holden to the false 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 idols. Don't be holden to the false brands, to the false tribes that people are trying to get you to rally around. Trust your gut, trust your friends, trust your the people that you know, like, and trust already to ask for what you want as a good product and what should be a good product because they know you better than the brand knows you. And I'm just going to say that trust in the cannabis industry has not been yet solidified um, and building a tribe around a brand is not a good thing, um, but it's better to ask a friend or someone that you know and some that you like, and that's how trust is built um, consistently through things that you enjoy. Well, and we also have to remember that we're dealing with something that uh, just two and a bit years ago was illegal. So it's going to take longer. We're not talking about shoes here. We're not talking about uh you know, uh, bread or something like that. This is a product that was illegal. That trust 
with the consumer that maybe was not a cannabis user is going to be, it's going to take a longer time to build up that trust. And, and I, I personally think more information. I know John Fowler, when he was with me, talked about, you know, people wanting terpenes. He called it bullshit and it's just extra work, but it's also more information. I feel with this product, especially we need to give transparent information uh, for the consumer about what is in this product and educate them and, and things like that. So I, I, I think that with the, especially with this product, it's, it's a little bit different than something you know, that has not been uh, illegal for however many years. Exactly. It's like he talked about net promoter scores, and I think that's a good example. It's a real business term. But the point is, is that most businesses start at zero for their for their brand trust. Cannabis, we're at like negative thousand. Like we have a hundred years of stigma to come up to a zero and then we have to go positive. So there's a lot of building that has to be done. It's not going to happen overnight. Some companies are just starting to get there. What the cool thing is, is that the trust in this situation in cannabis is going to come from the retailer and the retail stores are starting to show a profit and starting to show the positive numbers. I think Spirit Leaves numbers came out this week uh, showing that they're already at a positive, um, you know, EBITDA. So I think the, the good thing here is that there is trust to be had. It just takes longer to get there and it's harder to build because we're coming from a place of literally having been misinformed for a very long time. Um, And just to your point about the terpenes, I'm not suggesting that we don't want to know about terpenes. I'm just saying that there are other ways to get that information um, other than putting them on the label that are just as empowering and helpful for the consumer um, that doesn't add more costs to the current process. That's all. Uh, There are definitely you want to know what the terpene profiles are of your plant or at least the top few, but them needing to be on every label and being able to be actually tested for that batch is a different conversation, which we'll leave for another day. Yeah, as long as that information is somewhere, uh, when the consumer walks into a store or, you know, is readily available from a bud tender as well. So however we can get that information out to the consumer, whether that's, uh, you know, in-store stuff or things like that, I'm all for it. And and it also provides transparency uh, to to a product that has anything, been anything but, because unfortunately it was was illegal for so long. So, all right, let's get on to change makers now. And tell me why we are talking about canopy growth. So I, uh, uh, (laughs) you know, I had a lot of uh, personal inner uh, dialogue around this. Um, But what I really liked about Canopy and why I guess I pointed in the change maker of the week um, was because the new CEO has an actual strategy. So I'm a business strategist. That's my title uh, for my own company and in general. And I look at this under a microscope across all industries, and we have not seen this clearly articulated yet in cannabis. So this is sort of why I said it's a change maker is they've got a bit of uh, history under their belt. They have learned their own hard, painful lessons. And this year they were talking or this year they're talking about with their new CEO that they're making room for smaller producers to grow the year of the craft cannabis. So we've been talking about the craft cannabis. I've been announcing it's the year of craft cannabis. I'm saying it out loud more and more and more because I think it's not only true, but I'm going to make it to be true. Um, and expl- explaining this is they're talking about the right sizing of their plants and closing down facilities and literally some of them are burning to the ground. Oops, insurance companies are new owners of cannabis plants. So I didn't say that. I was just literally kind of listening to conversations. I'm like, interesting. But what they are talking about is Canopy is looking to hire more specialized staff 
um, in certain areas. They're looking to hire more master growers, more scientists, you know, people that are food scientists, people that really understand the botany and the the, the cool thing about cannabis is that there's so much we don't know about it yet. And one of the coolest things I learned recently was that there's thousands of active compounds or chemicals inside a cannabis plant or active, active molecules. Other plants only have hundreds, tenfold more stuff inside a cannabis plant than anything else that grows on this planet. So I thought that was pretty fascinating. And there's a lot to unlock there. But basically, they cannabis talking about buying more wholesale flour from good smaller growers or so from craft producers. And they're looking to, um, you know, grow, increase the business on the wholesale market, like from uh, Canadian Cannabis Exchange, who we've talked about before, too. Those are great guys over there and g- gals. So they're looking for uh, a focus on higher profit products. So edibles, beverages and concentrates are the things that don't look like a plant and making good plants turn into those things. And they figured out uh, what they did well and they're honing in on it. That strategy. They figured out what they're good at and they're they're doing more of that. And that's exactly the essence of strategy that I like here. Um, that I personally sold off my canopy stock in 2018 at its pay, at its peak. But this new CEO strategy makes sense and I would I would buy it again. And I and I, I give my example with my I have a very specific set of um, principles on in investing. Their stock um, chart right now on the on the long term into like the three year span looks like the shape of what I would buy. And and if you want more information on how I choose stocks, that's a whole separate conversation. But basically, Canopy has a little bit of a glimmer of hope for me. And talking about um, these craft growers is one of them. Mm-hmm. Indeed, realizing that they're going to get better cannabis uh, with uh, the you know Canopy growth. Uh, brand as we talked about before and and better cannabis as well before we get to uh, what it means to be green if you would like to find out how melka can help you out check out the website greengencompany.com and lots of things uh, to sign off love uh, ending the stigma on cannabis so uh, always excited to be able to talk about that so check it out greengencompany.com all right Tell me why we are talking about ripe bananas in what it means to be green. Actually, so the funniest thing is I came up with this concept as a segment before I heard John Fowler's piece, but he actually explained it better than I could. So I'm going to use it again. Like, I think we're on the same, smoking the same thing, but actually we are. He didn't mention something that I do smoke. But basically, um, the green banana ripeness chart I put up as a picture, um, what it was talking about is it actually is a couple things, but basically um, like green bananas startups or cannabis businesses with lots of potential bet on regulatory changes. So what that means is um, I'm in the startup ecosystem right now as we're launching the green book and, and talking more about that with accelerators and investors and the, the focus on the lessons from seeing so many different pitch decks. So as a, you know, for my business, the Green Generation Company, I'm helping other cannabis businesses grow uh, by finding investors and things like that. So I'm really tapped into the whole startup world that's um, not specific to cannabis. But one um, thing that we see a lot of, kind of like an unripened fruit that's, you know, it's unripe because it's green. That is the, the hands down identifying piece of fruit when it's not fully ripe is that it's green. And kind of like that, um, a fatal flaw, uh, also called default dead, is the term that the Y Combinator, so this is Paul Graham, he's the creator of the Y Combinator in Silicon Valley, um, the least capitalism, uh, least capitalist of capitalism, I think I I like that phrase. Um, He's talking about companies that base their entire business model on 
something that has to change in the government in order for it to be successful. So that's a default dead position. It's like you're literally betting the farm, in this case, cannabis, an entire farm on the laws changing. And this is what I've seen a lot of. Um, but the bigger problem is that they haven't done their research for product market fit. And this is what I mean when I say that um, orcs, you know, people don't really get it that even if they have a great idea, there may not be anyone else that thinks that way. And that's the reason why they should keep doing research. And I tell this to my entrepreneurs all the time that, that I work with. If there's no one that wants to buy your product and you cannot sell it to them, um, it's not a product. It's not a business. They're your right. default debt. You're starting with zero and there's nowhere to go from there. So you need to keep iterating, keep changing, keep finding the talk track, the value proposition. It is a work in progress until someone says, yes, I get it. And I will buy that as a customer, not as an investor. Um, and if it has to do with the laws changing in order for it to work, that's a green banana, essentially. It's 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 too early. It's too early in this stage. And it's not necessarily that it can't work. It's just that it hasn't yet been able to prove it to the market for people to buy it or the consumer to buy it. And that's what happens in this case is we're in an industry where the, the laws are prohibitive for a lot of functions in Canada. So I've seen people go to the US and try their idea and it works. But because of the way that we have things here, we just can't bet on the laws changing. I mean, they could change, but they could not, they could change against your idea. So that's what I'm saying. Don't bet your business idea on a green banana uh, or default dead. And uh, that's what happens. Um, you know, if you don't have a good idea, then it's over, game over. So I'm here to help you with things like that. That's what the green generation is all about. So, that, you know, it's like betting on the weather. Right. Like you're, yes. you know, it could change so quickly. You don't, you don't know any of assurance, right. And in Alberta, and they say this pr probably everywhere. If you don't like the weather, wait five minutes or whatever it might be, but you know, you're, you're betting on something that, yeah, it might happen. Yeah. It's a good chance it's snowing today, but there's also a chance it's not going to. That's why uh, I, I totally agree with you on that. So good stuff today. And a reminder, if uh, you want to find out how Melka can help you check out green gen company, Dot com. Thanks as always, Malcolm. We'll chat next week. Thanks, Dean. Have a great week.